Good morning, City Hill. Happy Thanksgiving week to everybody. Last Sunday, November 11th, was Orphan Sunday. And yesterday was National Adoption Day. So I think we should just rename the entire week and call it the Worldwide Week of Redemption. And I don't know about you, but I love the redemption of God. One of the things I love more than anything else is watch God fix what is broken, watch him rescue that which was held captive. It's God showing his love to those who so desperately need it, which is all of us, right? And so that, you know, the central theme of redemption in scripture is that God has taken the initiative to act compassionately on behalf of those who are powerless to help themselves. Let me read that one more time. The central theme of redemption in the scripture is that God has taken the initiative to act compassionately on behalf of those who are powerless to help themselves. What a wonderful thing that God took the step. God reached out. We didn't have to break our way into heaven, but God in his compassion saw you and me and said, they need help. And he reached out with joy and with initiative to rescue us. And that's the God I love. That's the God that I worship, that we worship. And that's what God has called you and me to be in this world. I have a friend that worked in a prison system, and he he said he was going out to the car, and he went there in the daytime, but he got back at nighttime, and it was a rough part of town, and it was raining, and it was really dark where he parked his car, and he says he fumbled with his keys, he dropped them into the mud. And he said he didn't know what was around him and who might mug him, and he was reaching down, looking for the keys in the mud. So the Lord spoke to him right in that moment and said, that's what I did for you. I reached down into the muck, into the mire, and I, because you were of value to me, and I picked you up. And God wants us to be his hands and feet in this world. He wants us to be that extension of his redemption in this world. So today is a day of celebration. Today we are celebrating God's great love for children. Who couldn't smile when Malaya was up here singing? You don't even need to know her name or know who she is, but there's something of a little child who's worshiping the Lord, who's singing with that beautiful voice that, that draws our heart. And I believe it touches the heart of God as well. And as Christians, we hold this truth to be self-evident, that every life is sacred. Every life, every child, every size, every shape, every mental capacity, every language, nationality, every ability, from the unborn children that we have some pregnant women among us, from their unborn children to My mom, who's not with us this morning because she's not feeling well. But you know what? Every single life is of high and great importance to God and is sacred. And we also hold the truth that that it is a responsibility and a privilege for the strong to protect the weak. Just, we realize that naturally that our job as the adults are to care for, protect, shield, nurture, 
provide for those who are weaker, to provide for children. And that's one of the reasons we've partnered with Esther Homes. I think most of you know that across our parking lot we have a beautiful house. We're partnering with a ministry called Esther Homes. Um, the two ladies who help run that, can you guys stand up? You stand up. This is Laura and Emily. Hello, guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. They're giving their life to help. Uh, we partner together. We make a pretty good team, City Hill and Esther Homes, partnering together to help women who are in times of crisis. Is, uh, is Sarah with us here? There she is. And so we have the excitement today to our first baby was born in that home. Let's welcome Sarah and baby Ava. Great excitement. So glad to have you guys with us this morning. And that's what we're about, aren't we? We're about seeing the love of Jesus extended in very practical, down-to-earth ways, given a place to help people who are walking through challenging chapters of their lives. And so I want to just start with prayer this morning. Jesus, I thank you that you love children. Father, I pray that that same incredible love that you have for children would be ours as well. Help us to care for them, nurture them, provide for them, protect them, and help them to come to know the great love that you have for them as their Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we talk about children, one of the things I thought I'd mention, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but you may notice that while we worship, we often have kids running around over here. I've had people say to me, you got to stop that. That's kind of distracting. Yeah, maybe it is. But whenever I've thought of stopping that, you know what I hear? I hear Jesus going, don't do that. Um, let the children make a little bit of a commotion. Let the children come to me. And so I figure that whenever I get distracted by a kid that may not know some boundaries or run up on the platform, Jesus, when the disciples said, hey, kids, get away. The Lord is busy with important work. That didn't go over well with the Messiah. He went, hey, let the kids come to me. That's the example for us, that joy, the worship. Maybe the next, if the kids ever disturb you over there, what you should do is go over there and run in circles with them. <laughs> It'd be good for your soul. Just go over there and run around in circles and make a little mess, and that would truly be distracting, but it'd be good for your soul. Jesus loves children. And by the way, we have our third grandchild in route. Hallelujah. We're excited about that, looking forward to meeting. In fact, we've timed it, just got to tell you a little family thing. We've timed it that we go over into Amsterdam every year to speak in a discipleship school. And we timed it this year when they're going to, can we do it on this week? Because that's the week when our third granddaughter is set to be born. And if it works out perfectly, as children always really care about my schedule, <laughs> um, we'll be there for the birth of our third granddaughter in Amsterdam this next coming year. So, Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. 
even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance. 1 John 3, 1, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. 1 John 1, 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children of God. How many of you have received Christ as your Savior and believed in his name? You've trusted in his name. We are children of God. We kind of just throw that off. But it's a big deal to be a child of God. Just tell somebody, you are a son or you are a daughter of God. Tell somebody, you're a daughter of God. You're a son of God. That means that God is our Father. You are God's son. You are God's daughter. We are brothers and sisters, kind of like uh, Thanksgiving. You sit down around the Thanksgiving table, and for good or for bad, that's who you get, right? I mean, sometimes families are crazy. Anybody have kind of families, a little bit uh, funny families? You always got that uncle or something. I don't know, but it's who we got. And look around here. This is who we got. This is the family of God. We come in all sizes and shapes, praise the Lord. But this is the family of God that God has called us to. And you may not think that's a big deal, but Jesus really, you could argue that he prioritized this family over his blood family. I mean, when they told him, your mother and your brothers are out there waiting for you, a good Jewish boy would have stopped everything and gone to be with them. And he says, who are my mother and my brothers? Those who do the will of the Father, you are my brothers and my mother. I'm sure that didn't go over real well with Mary. And yet he's saying, this matters. That was his message. He wasn't dissing Mary. He was saying, this matters, that what we have, we are the children of God. And with being children, that comes with benefits. That comes with the benefits of the inheritance of God. Inheritances are big deals. When the lawyer, someone passes away, and the lawyer calls people together, and they say, this is the will, this is your portion in the inheritance, those are big days for some people. And we have an inheritance in God as his children. You ever really thought about that? God has an outpouring of blessing, an inheritance for you as his son, as his daughter. Ephesians 1.11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, and we know this, verse 13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you believed in him. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we possess, acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This is like getting that holy stamp. You have the paperwork all drawn up, 
And it says, this is my son, this is my daughter, and therefore you get an inheritance. And the stamp is that stamp of the Holy Spirit, which he puts inside of us. He invests in us when we come to faith in Christ. And I just imagine that that ink is, is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he takes it and he goes, sign, sealed. This one's mine. Say, so, well, where would, you don't have paperwork. I think he just takes it and stamps it on the back of our hands or maybe on our forehead. He says, that one's mine. Now, you may not see it. You ever had it where you stamp paid? You go to some theater or something, they put that invisible ink on the back of your hand, and then you got to go back through and you put it under that lamp and it says paid. It says something on there. Well, I think the Lord does that with us. He seals us for the day of redemption. He seals us as our son, as his son, as his daughter. You see, that none of us were born naturally into God's family. I think Jesus, or God only really had one natural child. We've got to be careful on this, the theology of this, because... Jesus was begotten, not born. But he is God's true son. But we're all adopted. The rest of us are all adopted. You ever thought about God being an adoptive father? And he looked down and he said, this one's mine, this one's mine. And as you responded to his love, he embraced you as his adopted child. It says here in Ephesians 1, In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. We are adopted. If you ever wondered if God loves adoption, well, he loves you. And we are the adopted children of God. And you know, your status as a child is secure. I was watching a TV show where the adopted son did something wrong broke a vase or something. And he was newly adopted and he turned to his adopted mother and he said, you're not going to send me back, are you? And she's like, of course, and the, she responded very well. She hugged him and she said, you know, it's a, it's a silly old vase, but you are mine forever. I am never sending you, but you are my child. You are my son. And I thought sometimes we think like that. When we mess up, when we fall short, we wonder if God's going to send us back or if this adoption thing is secure. And I'm not going to preach a whole sermon on eternal security, but may I say that your adoption status as a son, as a daughter, if you've put your faith in Christ, is secure. Amen. Amen. Can I hear a good amen? Yeah. I believe that it is secure, that we don't have to wonder we don't have to wonder about our status as sons and daughters of Christ. It's solid. It's unchanging. So we are adopted. But secondly, we are to reflect the character of God here on earth. That's what we're supposed to be, do. Who God is, we're supposed to reflect that in our lives. So God is love. We're supposed to love each other. God is compassionate. We're supposed to show as we worship him, then we show his compassion. I've heard it said you become like the God you worship. Think about that. What do you worship with your life? Well, you'll become like that. As you worship a God of compassion, 
more of his compassion flows through your life. God extends forgiveness to us. Praise the Lord for his forgiveness. We're called to be great forgivers in our homes, in our marriages, in our friendships. And God is our provider and our protector. He is a shelter for the weak. And so are we to be. We are called to be a shelter, a protection. I love this scripture in Psalm 63, 68, verse 3 through 5. It says, let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides on the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. High praise, right? Worship God. He's fantastic. He's in the clouds. But who is this God? Father to the fatherless. Defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. So when God describes himself beyond being majestic and sovereign and Above all, he describes himself as father to the fatherless and defender of widows. And as I looked at that, I said, well, why is that so important to God? And I just believe one thing close to the heart of God is God covers us. Be covered by the Lord today. You have a shield in God that when the world comes to attack, when the world, you know, the world's a tough place. There's a lot of hardships in this world. And in our hardships, in the things that we struggle with, we have our protector in God, our shield. And in God's creative order, God created families to provide that shield. That was his plan. You know, God created families, not just individuals. God created families. And his plan, his normal plan is to have a mother and a father and children and that the parents would provide nurture, protection, covering, care, love for their children. And when we see that happening, we go, that's just great. You see it working right and you say, that's the way God designed things to be. I'm going to take one more little detour here and and listen to me out before you... uh, Judge this, but the scripture says that God created man to be the head of the woman. I quote scripture. It said God created man, and in that, God created man to be the head of his home. Now, I can feel some people going, just hang on just a minute there. Let me explain. I believe that's one of the most misunderstood and misquoted verses in the Bible. I do not think it means, hey woman, get me something. I do not think it means, hey, be quiet. I'm the man, this is the way it's going to be, submit. I don't believe the Lord's in any of those comments. I don't even think it's close. The word headship speaks of, reveals a protector, a protection, a covering. It's a very, very different meaning. If you want to put a word in there that I think better represents the heart of God, I think it speaks of being responsible for. So I am a father, I am a husband. 
I hold the ultimate responsibility in my home to provide for my family, to protect my family, to care for my children, even my grandchildren. When I held my first granddaughter, picked her up in my arms, I said, something happened in me. And I went, all right, you're in. You are a Norell. And I love everybody, but you're in. You're in the inner circle. And that means that you will never grow hungry. You will never be on the streets. You will never be without a roof. If your parents die, we're going to fight over who gets you, but you're coming to us. You are in. And I think the Lord says to you, you're in. He protects you. There's a covering that God has for us. And in our homes, I do believe there's a role of men to cover, to protect, to serve, to lay down their life for their wife, their children, their homes. And that looks very different than domination. It looks very different than subjection. It's a kind of love that's not hard to submit to when someone's willing to die for you. We can go down that road a little longer in a different day. But I believe that's true headship. Psalm 91.3 says, Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers. He will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you'll find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. So God covers us. And he calls us to cover others. But I can hear somebody saying, yeah, what about me, Pastor? Um, that isn't the way life has really worked out for me. What about single mothers? What about women without husbands? What about children without fathers? What about them? Are we just um, somewhere off to the side? Well, the statistics would say that is at least half, if not more than that, of the world. And here's the good news. God has a plan for them, too. God has a plan for you, too. And it's a good plan. It says in the scriptures, the Lord will be your husband. I thought, well, that's an upgrade, isn't it? I mean, Janet's got me, but the Lord will be your husband. That's a protection. It says God places the single or the solitary in families. I love that. You know, in our home in Dominican Republic, we just made a habit of inviting teachers to live with us. So we had kind of a flow of teachers. They'd come for a year or two, and we'd say, hey, come live in our house, and they loved that. And so we had these teachers, young men, loved Jesus, and they lived in our home. I can name a whole list of them. And they ate with our families, and they played with our kids, and they were part of our family, these young men that came and joined the Norell household. And I just thought it was great for my kids to have a, a godly person who wasn't dad. Your teenagers sometimes have a hard time receiving from dad, even if he's right, because he's dad. So these guys were cool, and they, kids loved them, and 
And they'd live a couple years with us, and they'd head back to the States. And I remember one of the guys, wonderful young man named Luke. And Luke contacted me years later, got married, had kids, and he said, I always go back to my time living in the Norrell house. And I'm like, really? I mean, we had our fights. We, <laughs> he used to get to see us in the reality of our lives. He said, no, I, you know, I didn't have a dad at home. I grew up as a son of a, in a single mom household, and I didn't really know what dads did. So you were it for me, man. And I just watched the way you did chores with your boys and the way you loved your boys and the way you guys resolved conflict. He says, and that's become a model for me now that I'm a dad. I just try to kind of do something like you do. Like, I hope it works. <laughs> but it worked in our home. And when he brought this solitary man, he brought him into our home for a time. And I'd also say, like, Thanksgiving dinner. May I just declare that no one should have Thanksgiving dinner alone? I want to just say, I didn't totally clear this with the office, but I'm going to declare it anyway. Don't have Thanksgiving dinner alone. If for some reason it doesn't work out for you to be with family and you're here, call our office, all right? We have families that will bring you in and open their doors and have you be at a place with them for Thanksgiving dinner. Program set up. We're ready for you. And if we aren't ready for you, we'll figure it out. But that's who we are as a body of Christ. And we have homes that will open themselves to the single so you're not alone watching TV somewhere going, I wish I could be with a family today. Let's be the family of God because he brings people who don't, who aren't, maybe you have family but they're a long way away and you can't get home. Let's celebrate Thanksgiving together. So God celebrates adoption. Psalm 146, 8, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and the widows. Jeremiah 49, but I will protect the orphans who remain among you. Your widows, too, can depend on me for help. Made my favorite verse about this, James 1, 27. Pure and genuine religion, pure worship in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. How many of you want to practice pure religion? God is looking down, and I want him to look down on us and say, those guys are real Christians, real followers of me. They don't simply come to church and raise their hands and sing good songs, but these are people that are putting their faith into action in the most practical of ways. And it's defined in James as caring for orphans and widows in their distress. Caring for orphans and widows in this distress. So, you and I are part of God's family. God has adopted us, all who trust in him were adopted, sealed by the Holy Spirit, and we as a church are to reflect that love, that care, that compassionate for those who are hurting, those who are orphaned, those who are widowed, 
That's what God would have us do as City Hill Church. So hey, let's be that church. Let's just be that church. Let's be a church that, we, I don't know what other churches are doing. I'm sure many are doing great things. But let's be that church. Why not? Why not be the church that shows compassion for those who are hurting? Look for the single mom. Maybe they need an oil change in their car. Maybe they need some repairs done at their house. I've often, I've just had a place in my heart for the single moms because Janet and I took everything we had to raise three boys. I mean, we were, we were all out with these kids, and I thought, how do people do it without a partner? How, we tag-teamed all the time. It's like, all right, it's your turn. I'm out of here. All right, you take them for a while before I do something I wish I wouldn't, you know. It was tough, and I think single moms, they got it tough. Let's be those that surround the single moms, the single dads, the youth that need someone to come alongside of them. The fatherless. God loves them so much and he wants us to be an expression of his love to them. Drop off a meal. Have somebody over for dinner. Look for ways. I'm sure if you open your eyes and you look for it, you'll see it all around you. People who need a loving touch, a loving expression of God's love for them. So let's celebrate adoption here at this church. They say, my numbers may be, and they're rounded, but they say that there's about 4,000 churches in Minnesota and 1,000 children waiting to be adopted. So, do the math. If every church took one, there wouldn't be enough. So why are there 1,000 still waiting to be adopted? We can make a difference in that. If our churches just all gathered together and said, let's do this, we could wipe out the problem today or very soon. Let's be churches that have hearts. And we have a ministry here at this church called Isaiah 117. That verse says, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. That's what God has for us, Isaiah 117. The two ladies, we got Michelle and Kelly, where are you guys? Stand up just for a second. There's Kelly and Michelle's over here. Here for these two ladies and everybody that works with them. Thanks, ladies. If you're interested in foster care, if you're interested in adopting a child, if you're interested in helping those who are adopting or in foster care, these ladies can plug you in. Just pull them to the side and say, hey, what can I do? They will find a way that you can show kindness, you can provide a meal, you can drive somebody somewhere, you can be a part of the solution, not part of the problem. We can all be part of the solution. Yesterday was National Adoption Day. I didn't actually know there was such a thing. And all over the country, there were lots and lots of adoptions that took place yesterday. In Hennepin County alone, there were 38 children that were adopted into families yesterday morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And two of those babies were adopted by a family right here at City Hill Church. And we're going to call them up. Amanda and Adam Johnson, come on up with your sons today. 
Janet, come on up and join us. So yesterday, can I get a mic there, Brian? Thanks. So yesterday we had a chance to go down to the Hennepin County Courthouse and watch the beautiful adoption ceremony of Nick and Marco. Adam, do you want to say anything today? Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> I just wanted to thank City Hill. We've been on a journey of um, just growing our family and uh, doing foster care. And Amanda and I have just felt so supported by the City Hill family and the City Hill Church um, over the last couple of years. And just from all the prayers and all the diapers and meals, um, we felt so loved and wrapped around by City Hill. And so we just want to thank you guys so much. Jen, if you want to like Jen. Yeah, this is a very important time for the families <coughs> that this couple represents. You're welcome to come up, sit on the front row if you want to take some pictures of this. Please come. This you is guys. really, that's you guys. Come on up. Come on up. Family time. Just hold on there for a second. Mom, yeah. moms. Come on. moms, moms can come, come on, on up. up. It's here for the moms. It's all a family deal. Oh. <laughs> it was fun yesterday I got to be down at the courthouse with them and to watch the judge just you know there's normally you have the husband and the wife and the kids and they have the whole the judge and it was a pretty formal thing it was almost like a wedding do you promise to care for to nurture to provide for these children <laughs> till death do we part you know I mean it was a beautiful time but she also said wow we have got a community here I don't know, there were 20, 25 of us in the room, and it was just that joy of watching not just the family, but also the community. Many people from churches coming to stand with them, and that's part of what we want to see. We want to see us as the family of God here at City Hill stand with those who are taking this big step, this wonderful step of redemption to bring children into their families. So... We're going to do, we, they asked if we could possibly do a dedication ceremony. It just seemed right to do that today. Uh, we have other times during the year, but we wanted to have a time of dedication of these boys to the Lord this morning. So three things are going to happen today. The parents are going to dedicate and therefore release their children, their sons to the Lord this morning, giving them over to the plans and purposes of God for their lives. At the same time, we ask them to take responsibility for the child to train them, to care for them, but to also to train them in the ways of God and the character of God. And then as a church family, I'll ask you to stand with us and to commit to helping them raise these children, to be a part of caring for them and training them and teaching them of God. Ready? So your answer would be, we will. It's kind of like yesterday, only we get to add a little more into this yesterday. Are you willing to commit your children to the hands of God and his calling, whatever and wherever that might be? We will. As parents, will you commit before your church family today to rear your child in such a way that brings honor to God according to the teachings and standards of the Bible? We will. Will you give yourselves to the grace of God and seek to model a genuine Christ-like lifestyle for your children? We will. For the church, will you commit to serve and support these families as they give themselves to the hard work and labor of love in raising their children in the ways of God? We will. 
parents and elders, come on up. Let's pray for these guys. You want to come pray for us? Elders and those who are with us today. Elders' wives, come join us if you'd like to. Want to surround these guys with love this morning. And if you have a word from the Lord, if God speaks something to your heart about Nick or about Marco, please just write it down on your bulletin or write it down somewhere and give it to him. I know that'll mean a lot to him today. So let's pray for these two, for these four, actually. Thank you, Lord, for this family. And God, we are just so grateful and so thankful to be able to watch your plan unfold and come together. So God, we bless these children. We bless this mother and this father this morning in the name of your son, Jesus. Thank you, God, for this family. Lord, we just thank you for preparing Adam and Amanda to be parents. And thank you for the gifts that you've put in them, the heart that you've put in them to raise Nick and Marco to know you. And uh, Lord, I just ask for more grace for them now, just continued grace that you've already supplied. But we ask for more and more as they grow older and that you'd give uh, wisdom to, to them as they raise the boys. Uh, your word says if any of us lacks wisdom, we're to ask and you'll pour out wisdom from heaven, and I just ask that you'd remind Adam and Amanda of that as they raise these boys and face challenges at different times, that they'd be quick to cry out to you for wisdom from above. And we know, Lord, that you will give it. We're confident in that, because it says it in your word. So, Father, we bless this family, the Johnson family, in Jesus' name. We stand with them as friends, as family, as a community. And I believe the Lord just wants to say that these children's lives were begun in weakness, but that the strength and the power of God will be seen through their lives. And that was weak will, what will become strong for the glory of God. May it be so, Lord. We bless these young boys. We bless these children. May they grow in strength and in knowledge and in the fear of God. Give wisdom to Adam and Amanda as they give their lives to care and to love on these boys. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Let's hear it for them. And before you step off, we have a special delivery for Amanda today. Well, praise the Lord. It's been a good morning to be together. Let it sink into your heart that you are a beloved child of God. As you go to lunch today, let that just drop in to go, I am God's child with all the rights and privileges and inheritance of the creator of the universe. That's how much God loves us. You know, if you've never... I don't know everybody here, but if you've never opened your heart to Christ, 
you're hearing about the family of God and you say, well, I'm not really, never really taken that step, do so today. Uh, we have the ministry team just come on up and stand over here. There's some people that are here ready to pray with you. And you can just say, hey, I'd, I'd, I'd like to be a part of that family. And they'll just lead you in a prayer, a prayer of opening your heart to Christ. We want the doors open to everyone to respond to the love of God this morning. And that's good news. It's good news that God has a family that's big enough for you. Praise the Lord. And if you're visiting us this morning and you, and I haven't met you, I, I'd love to meet you. I'll be out there at the Welcome Center. I'd love to find a little bit about you.